Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture only on Money FM 89.3. This is the bigger picture on Money FM 89.3. I'm Sean Cheong. And on the show today, for Fund and Center in local markets, we are looking at the latest earnings release from DBS. In general, profit was a bit lower than a year ago period. A 1 for 10 bonus issue on existing shares held and a dividend of 54 cents per share. And to help us break this down with more detail and more expertly, we have the market strategist from IG, Yip Jun Wong, on the line with us. Hello, Jun Wong. Hi, good morning, Sean. All right, so Jun Wong, let's get to it. How did the DBS uh, results align with expectations? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, being the first local bank to release the results, I think uh, DBS uh, will surely be on watch and we set the stage for Singapore bank earnings. Uh, total fourth quarter net income was up 9% year-on-year, year, uh, whereas for net profit, if we were to exclude the one-off item, it actually came in at a 2% year-on-year year increase, which is uh, roughly in line with analyst estimates. But uh, if we include that one-off item, then there's uh, some slight uh, underperformance there. So kind of a mixed deal. And uh, but overall, the trend, if we observe over the past three quarters, um, I think earnings momentum may have seen a peak. Uh, but there is still some resilience in the sense that, you know, the tapering in terms of growth continues to be uh, stronger than expected. But at the last uh, close, DBS is about $5 off its 52-week highs. Uh, so now we're taking a look at this new release and there are a few bright spots, isn't there? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of uh, some of the pro, I mean, some of the uh, pros and cons, uh, I think ultimately um, the narrative for rate outlook has kind of taken on a different course. So in a way, some expectations are already in place that you know the bank's uh, net interest uh, margin could uh, soften. Uh, we are seeing that kind of taking place. Um, looking at DBS uh, net interest margin easing to 2.13% for the fourth quarter from the previous uh, 2.19%. So that is the first uh, decline since September 2021. And as a result, we are seeing the growth in net interest income uh, now in the low single digit at 4% uh, growth. But nevertheless, uh, we are also seeing a bright spot in the sense that, you know, uh, the story here is that with the growth in net interest income cooling, uh, the focus is on any recovery in this uh, non-interest portion, so particularly the fee income to really help uh, cushion its earnings. And that has played out as well. And in a way, you know, the non-interest income portion has continued to deliver. So we see a non-interest income revert to double-digit growth due to, you know, the usual, the higher cut and uh, wealth management fees. We are seeing this uh, broad-based recovery momentum continue. So it seems that, you know, with market conditions improving amid this more resort environment, uh, wealth management activities have kind of a uh, final flaw, and that will pro- probably help to cushion, you know, its earnings uh, through 2024. And you also mentioned there's uh, pros and then there's cons. So what are some of the cons? Yeah, so uh, other than the, you know, the tapering in terms of uh, net interest uh, margin, so that really, you know, bring down the uh, the taper, the growth in terms of the net interest income. Uh, that may be kind of expected, you know, uh, previously uh, the DBS CEO kind of guided that, you know, net interest income may hover around current levels. So recently, it actually, uh, at its most updated guidance, it updated that, you know, the full-year net interest in margin could be slightly below the 2023 exit margin of 2.13%. So I think this suggests that, you know, momentum on that front uh, may soften further. And we know that the net interest income has been really doing that heavy lifting for earnings uh, throughout the past one year on that, you know, high interest rate upcycle environment. So now things are set to reverse. So we could see sort of uh, earnings kind of soften. But nevertheless, as I say, you know, uh, when net interest income kind of uh, cool, 
uh, we may expect, you know, the non-interest income portion to help to step in to really cushion some of the blow. Right, and let's also talk about loans growth outlook. How how, how does it look to you, Junyong? Yes, I mean, if you look at DBS uh, earnings, um, lending activities in the fourth quarter, I would say, is uh, kind of stable, you know, up 1% from a year ago. So it seems that, you know, expectations that the global interest rate cycle has peaked along with uh, resilient economic conditions, kind of validating some uh, global soft lending hopes uh, that may help to, you know, renew some confidence in the economy among uh, consumer and businesses, which translate to this uh, slight improvement in uh, loan demand from a year ago. And uh, even if you look at the exposure to greater China, I think uh, there have been some concerns that, you know, the economic risk that greater China has been prominent. But if you look at uh, DBS uh, loan profile, I think uh, the non-performing loan ratio continue to be resilient at 1.1%. And even if we dive into the details, if you look at the loan loss provisions allocated to the greater China region, it has not seen any sharp rise. So I think overall, uh, it has been a stable front in terms of lending activities. Let's put everything together then. So we are looking at a 1 for 10 bonus share issue. We are looking at dividends, which is up by about $0.06. Cents. We are looking at a stock that's about $5 off its 52-week high. So all things considered, how attractive is DBS stock right now based on what we've just seen and based on current valuations? Yes, so uh, let's talk about the dividends first. I think that definitely brings uh, very good news uh, for the dividend lovers to start the year. I think uh, we have just seen DBS raising its dividend uh, back in August last year to 48 Singapore cents. And the recent quarter has seen another increase in uh, dividend, as you mentioned, uh, currently to 54 Singapore cents. So it seems that given the strong balance sheet and you know capital position, uh, the bank has kind of uh, lifted its returns to the shareholder as well, which will definitely be uh, well-received. And apart from the dividend increase, uh, you also mentioned the 10 for 1 uh, bonus share distribution. So uh, this means that, you know, for every 10 shares held, investors will get one bonus share. So if you project it out, you know, together with that uh, quarterly 54 cents dividend and this uh, bonus share issue, uh, investors can kind of reap a returns of around uh, $2.37 this year, which translates to this uh, potential dividend yield of 7.5%. So this level of dividend yield has surely towered above its rival, uh, namely UOB and OCBC, which currently give around 6 to 6.3% in terms of dividend. So whether they will bump up their dividend to match uh, uh, DBS will definitely be on watch. I think failure to do so may kind of see their uh, share price uh, being punished. So that is very good news for the income level. In terms of valuation, I think uh, DBS remains the priciest among the three Singapore banks from both you know, a price to book or a price to earnings perspective. But I, I would say that this is somewhat justifiable. I think uh, looking at its uh, stronger profitability and of course efficiency, I mean uh, DBS is still carrying the highest return on equities among the trail. So I think uh, overall it is a good uh, sort of a good move, uh, you know, to improve its uh, dividend and I think uh, that will be very uh, welcome by investors. All right, Jun Wong. So what are you looking at in the markets this week besides DBS? Yeah, so I think ahead this week uh, in terms of uh, earnings, I think we have uh, Alibaba. So with that, you know, sort of a rebound in uh, Chinese equities uh, over the past few days, 
So um, surely Chinese equities have been gaining some form of traction. And on the economic calendar, I think we also have China's uh, CPI. So we know that the Chinese economy has been somewhat, you know, falling into deflation. And that has really put additional pressure on Chinese policymakers to sort of restore confidence. Uh, we have seen some easing moves lately to stabilize growth. Uh, but, you know, the overall pace of policy easing has still been uh, kind of modest. So I think this month, I think inflation for China is expected to fall, you know, into negative territory again at 0.5% year on year. So uh, that will be something that to keep a lookout for because if it were to come in in negative growth once more, it will kind of reinforce the need, you know, for Chinese equities to provide more substantial stimulus to really prevent this uh, deflationary spiral from you know, gaining further traction. All right. Thank you very much, Jun Wong. We are speaking with Jun Wong, the market strategist from IG. This is The Bigger Picture on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.